I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost for Words betting podcast. I'm joined, as ever, by Jason Daniels. Jason, hi. Well, most time, yeah. Most of the time. time. Yes, it, yeah. it, well, I, I like to say as ever, because especially when you've been on a run of two or three weeks in a row. Um, but as people know out there, time constraints at this time of year, summer holidays, Brad's away at the moment. Um, he'll be back next week. It, it, we do have to kind of balance these things out. That's why we've got a nice group of three that when per, one person needs one off, we've got the two of us. So we've made it work for, was it three years now, Jason? And, uh, and here we is are. It really? I think it is. I think we started it during 2020, didn't we? Uh, during the COVID. Yeah. So yeah, we did. Yeah. it's been over three years, I think, since we started, probably the summer of that year. So nice. there we go. Been been a long old period. And, and here we are still trucking on, talking about the Fortinet Championship and the BMW PGA Championship. But very five minutes quickly on the Irish Open, Jace. Um, Shane Lowry kind of stuck it to me last week, finishing second. Um, um, okay. But on the flip side of that, he climbed into second after finishing like fifth or sixth when he'd finished his round. And he never really looked like winning, which kind of put me off a little bit. But give him his due. Like I asked him to play well and he finished second, technically. So that's good. Um, but no one else really wanted to win it, did they, on Sunday? What is the point? I mean, about Larry, which hopefully I'm going to write up in about an hour's time for the yeah. Ryder Cup thing, um, is, and this is the point about Justin Thomas and how he plays this week, and whether they're inspired or, or um, motivated to do well, because obviously there's a lot of people with a lot of doubts, um, and they just want to prove their credentials. But it was Ireland as well. So you've got to balance that with the fact that he's, you know, totally up for Ireland anyway, obviously, yeah. previous winner, etc. Um, and I just think he did what he does anyway. I, 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 I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking. So, so what, you, what you're basically saying is that you haven't changed your mind from last week about how you felt Larry just because he finished second last week, basically. No, I think I think that he just done what he does continually. Um, I think he done he done here last uh, went with last year when he won. Obviously, it was only three rounds. I think he just did what he did. Um, like I say, you've got to put it in context, motivation um, against the fact that it's Ireland and and, and you can't. He, he's motivated playing in Ireland. Whatever's happened the last couple of weeks, so I don't think he's justified or or, or anything. I'm not saying he isn't justified. He's picked for any Ben fans out there. Um, what I'm saying is that it's not. People are jumping all over it just because it's a week after the announcement was made. Yeah. I don't think it's it's. The rider. I'm not saying it has a small effect. It hasn't necessarily an up yours to everybody, even though no. it's an up yours. No, no, no. I, I think that Justin Thomas, coming third this week, will be a far bigger up yours than than Larry. Um, no, interesting. No, I think I think that's right. I think I think I think for me, like me personally, it just didn't change anything. Like I, I said very clearly on here, that like he'll get picked and then he'll probably play well at the Irish and Wentworth and and people will think yeah. it's fine. And I, but in my head, the black shot before coming. So they're great events. They're great events yeah. for him to. You know, it's perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as for the rest, I mean, you know, uh, oh, well, I, I don't know what you say about McIlroy. So, it's so it's so weird that like 
he just keeps looking. I mean, was it like the last two years now? I think statistically are the best two years of his career, basically. But he's got such a problem with his approaches, like a, a serious problem with his wedges. And he shouldn't be losing that tournament when he's in the position that he was in on Sunday. He should be losing that. Max Fitzpatrick shouldn't have lost Crans. Yeah. Uh, it, it does show you, as we continue to say, uh, any one of these can shoot whatever they want on any given day. It's just analysing the pressure. I mean, obviously, you've got Vincent Norman coming off the pace, right? Yeah. Brilliant effort, brilliant effort. But watching it up until sort of six and seven, you would say to yourself that at least two or three were going to get to 14. Um, well, he, he said himself it wasn't going to be enough, didn't he? When he came off, he, he looked at the leaderboard and went, no, not enough. Like, madness. Well, there were some amazing pins. I mean, brilliant pins. I mean, the par three that everybody kept came in the water uh, was <laughs> just brilliant. I mean, 18 is difficult to eagle if you have to if you have to do that. And people just keep going back and forwards, you know. You can that, well the whole lot really. I mean, Sharma did it. Jordan Smith was poor, but you know there was a little bit of history there. Tristan uh, Lawrence annoyingly came through from completely off the pace, having thrown yeah. out at three figures last week. You know, Forrest was there, went there, went forward, went back. Fox went forward, went back. I mean, Fox should have been there. Fox uh, yeah. I, think, I think the thing is, so like, Hurley Long, you expect to struggle in that situation. Jordan Smith has got a history of doing it, apart from the brilliant win at the Portugal Masters that he, you know, just went lights out. Like, it's not a surprise to see him going backwards. Ryan Fox has had his own problems of, of converting before last year, but also he was in such a good position. Like he was only one behind for like the last, well, I don't know, six or seven holes, and he only had to really birdie one of the par fives to to do it. Um, didn't even do that. But amazingly, like I think, wasn't Sharma 13 under on day two? So he only had to shoot one under every yeah, it weekend. Was, it was a really interesting, really interesting Sunday, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you only have to. And they're the people that you imagine are the... the, the um, more accurate of all the players, you know, mm. John Smith's. You know, I think Mountain's got a problem finishing. You don't, as we discussed last week. Um, kind of Simon, all, all those accurate people did in the end give way to some of the longest drivers. So, uh, you know, Vincent Normans, Ryan Fox, Grant Forrest, um, you know, the, the the lesser hitter. I don't know, it was just a great tournament. It's interesting at the end. I, I just thought it showed you that. It's, it's you know it's it's a bizarre game this you know you, okay. like I say you've had you've had Matt Fitzpatrick clear in Crans yeah absolutely should go on and win that Roy McIlroy level over here with par fives to come should absolutely win that um, and there we are you know it's um, yeah it is what it is mate yeah I think I think one of the weirdest objections was um, Horschel who I know has obviously had his problems at, at points but like. I think you shot like a 43 on the back nine or something on Sunday. Like, it it's surprising that someone can fall that far away of his calibre. But when you look at the people like Nick Backham hung around and, like you say, back to the long driver thing, Hillier, Minwoo Lee was all over the, the show and still managed to finish his other top seven. Like, yeah, it was it was a really intriguing event and, you know, maybe a sign for, for going into this week. But on to this week for the DP World Tour then BMW PJ Championship at Wentworth one of my favourite events um, obviously the Tour's flagship event or has been over the years I don't know if that's now been taken over by uh, Dubai but it's a premier event it's a premier golf course all 12 European Ryder Cup players are there 
they're all coming over from playing Marco Simone on Monday. Um, any thoughts about, is there anything you want to see from any of these Ryder Cup players this week that will like make you feel better about the week or anything like that? Um, <laughs> no, not really, because you, you, you can always you know, make the excuse that, uh, well, you know, they're concentrating on the right. I know this is flagship, but it, yeah. at the end of the day, for the top lot, it's, it's another big tournament, isn't it? Yeah. They're all in elevated events, all in majors, they're all in WGCs. Um, oh, it's a lovely event to win if you're a home player, obviously. Um, and, and I love, I absolutely love it. I mean, I, you know, the, I've, I've said it before, the Ernie Els days, the Cabrera days, if we're allowed to talk about him um, anymore. Do we want? You know, um, as out now anyway, so we're allowed to play. Yeah. Um, you know, they were just fantastic days. You know, I think, I don't go to live golf much, but uh, the two times I've been, um, that the most memorable is at Wentworth. Um, once for the match play, once for this, 100 million years ago. It's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic course. Um, I haven't recovered from losing on Cabrera when he got beaten by Scott Drummond. <laughs> proves that, I mean, that was just a joke. Yeah. Um, I was actually playing golf that day, funny enough, on that Sunday. Um, I had an absolute kahunas on Cabrera. And it was all over, as far as I said. I just said, well, I'll go in and then we'll watch the final six holes and just go and collect. And it's just a bacon sandwich tasted really bad when I've got there. But anyway, <laughs> um, so it can be done. You know, people can hold on. I know the course has changed a lot over the last few years. Ernie done a redesign. Everybody hated Ernie's redesign, so they redesigned it again. But ultimately, yeah, yeah, great course. Got to know what you're doing off the tee. Um, be careful with your approaches. And yeah, absolutely awesome track. Do, do you think for it, for a winner, not not someone that can place, but someone for an actual winner this week, nailed on pick, do they have to have had a top 10 here in the past? Like it, it, that seems to be a prerequisite looking at former winners. It's, it, again, it's, it's what's the dynamic when you when you bring in the Ryder Cup thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, you, 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 you'd like to think so. You'd like to think they knew what they were doing. Golf changes, golf evolves. It, you know, it all it all evolves. Um, I mean, you look back and you can see a link with Abu and, and the DP Worlds by Hatton, Willett, and Norman and people like that. And then you take that further and you understand the type of track that, that you know you're looking for. Obviously, they're bizarrely again they're very good links players, um, but you can't see it here. You just don't understand it. It's tree lined. Yeah. So it, it's it's all a bit. It's all a bit. I mean, I think the winner has to come from. Whether you want to back him or not, I think the winner has to come from what the top ten, surely. I think. Yeah, um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm struggling to see the winner pass forty to one, and, and after that, I'm kind of looking for a, for a decent amount of each way value. But I think I think you're right in the sense that like the dynamic is different this week, in the sense that um, you know, there's always been kind of Ryder Cup to play for, but it hasn't always been twelve players all playing here that are already on the team that are. You know, I think the last time the Ryder Cup year, they actually were playing for their Ryder Cup uh, spots here uh, two years ago. So slightly different dynamic that week. But let's look at it. Like Victor Hovland's a seven to one favourite, I think rightly so. Rory McIlroy fifteen to two. John Rahm seventeen to two. Um, I'd have been tempted by Victor. I mean, look, he's won twice in a row, so three times in a row looks tough. But he's been really good here already. And and what I like about I don't necessarily think you have to have this kind of course form, essentially. I think it's course experience more than anything, but he's got a nice blend of both. 11th on his debut, 
49th um, two years ago. And then last year he was fifth, but he was actually the 36th hole, or was he the 18th hole and the 36th hole leader. And I'd love to have seen what would happen had it have gone uh, another 18 holes because, you know, I, I think that's the only way you can really tell kind of who deserves it. It's, it's a completely different event when it goes to the 54. So um, unless it's scheduled that way, of course. So I, I think for me, I think Vitz is rightly favourite. John Rahm's been here twice, finished second twice. Rory McIlroy's obviously won it in the past, so they all make their own claims. But you come to the next person in the betting, Jace, with Tommy Fleetwood, and I'm going to have a hard time arguing with you, I think. Well, I, 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 I think it's very hard to argue against any of the top. Yeah. I mean, maybe Till Hatton, you could possibly. Yeah, he's gone off the boil, I think possibly say is a little bit short for me. I mean, I, I don't like Tom Kim either on this, but, you know, there we are. Um, and I, I think Aberg is, is just, I just don't get this. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I do get the love for him in terms of talent. I just don't yeah. get it. I think the, the book makes the talent piss now. Um, look, I think you can, as always, you can have Tommy Fleetwood and Shane Lowry and you can flip a coin and, and think who's going to be, you know, better than the other one on the week. Um, yeah. I mean, my only bizarre thing with Tommy is that he's only got one top 10 in whatever it is, 10 goes at the event. Yeah. More than that, 12 goes at the event. Um, but the way he's playing, I mean, the thing we always said with, with Fleetwood was that his short game is um, not quite there and his pain's letting him down. But he's got that to match his his incredible um, drive and accuracy um, and his teeter green. And, you know, it's it's you don't have – I don't particularly think you have to give reasons for – liking him i think um you just got to look down the list and, and the price that appeals most to you because like i say i genuinely think you can make a case for everyone i mean hovland is yeah i mean he's he's scottish scheffler that's doing it isn't he really yeah um his figures are stunning now and and he's flying um whether you want to take seven is by the by like i say we've seen fitzpatrick and, and rory do favorite backers over the last couple of weeks and that's not even like it's not even like they're 36 or something. You know, they actually should have one on a Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a worry, even though it is Wentworth. And then you think, well, okay, if they're not in it, what are they going to do? Um, I always say, I'm not saying they don't bother, but how hungry are the rest? And I just think when you look at it and you look at the Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, Lowry type prices, 14, 16, 18, give or take, I think there, there's your each way value uh, if you want from the top. And Tommy makes perfect sense, you know. Is um, yeah, the geese is flying. He's uh, outside the top fifty last year, but hit sixty four round one. And I, I haven't seen anything particularly um, over the last few months that says he's lost his game. So, um, what do you want in life? I just think, you know, driving actually eight five two twenty two six ten. We've that you've got a Tita Green all in the top twenty five um, in better tournaments in terms of overall. I think. Some of them, uh, his patterns back. I'm, I'm just, don't know. I just think, you know, if you can get, what, are we, what is he? Uh, you can't get 14. You can't get 14. 14 and one. Uh, there were 16 earlier, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, first, first eight. Where's he going? He's, he's going to be there, isn't he? I think with Fleetwood, it, like, so my argument yesterday was that of that top lot, he's the one with the patchiest kind of course form. As you kind of referenced earlier, he's only got the one top ten, but. He's got six, like current form-wise, he's got six top tens and eight starts. Most of it's been on the PGA Tour, as you said, better grade. 
when he was sixth here, he was fourth going into the final round. When he was 20th here, he was fourth at the halfway mark. When he was 13th here, he was fourth going into Sunday, finished 13th. You could almost basically give him a top 10 for that. He's 12th the following year. Again, he's one or two shots outside the top 10. Approves from a really slow start. And then last year, he opens with a 64 to lead after round one and then shoots two 73s, which, you know, it, 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 I think the thing with Wentworth is that it does just catch, it can catch everybody out. Like, I don't think anyone can go around here and say that they play it like amazingly. Um, it, it's really one of those courses that tests every facet of your game. You haven't got it, you haven't got it. And I think it's just who do you think is the best player at the moment? I, I looked at it and I thought if I was going to take anyone, it would have been Matt Fitzpatrick, but I can't get that back nine of crayons out of my head. Um, but he seems to be pretty solid here. He's 36 hole leader three years ago. Um, I do trust him a little bit at this golf course with the 7th, 8th and 12th in kind of six starts, but I, I still couldn't get there. Not not now he's gone down 16 to 1. As you I said about... Yes, I would have liked to see Crans or um, or Irish form. Yeah. We said before, you know, this run of of uh, Switzerland, uh, Ireland, this, and then France is is of a type, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll see. Yeah. So the one person you mentioned there, you didn't see the Tom Kim thing. Both me and Brad have gone with Tom Kim. Um, reason being, I just he's the only one apart from Minwoo Lee in this kind of top ten, twelve players that doesn't have any distraction like this he is here to win this event and that is it and he's got no rider cup to think about he's got no real worries about trying to keep cards anywhere or get into the the finals of anything he's done all that he needs to do and his current form is actually probably better than people even give it credit for so since that eighth at the us open he's been 38 for the travelers but he shot 64 and a 65 there he was sixth at the scottish open but he was second after 36 and 54 he was second at the Open Championship, which I'm sure everybody remembers. Misses the Wyndham Championship due to injury, then comes out of St. Judy, second after round one, third after round two, sixth after round three, and then finishes 24th, which I imagine is a little bit of fatigue. That creeps into next week. He starts slowly and then shoots 66-63 over the weekend. And then admittedly, he was pretty disappointing at the Tour Championship, barring the first and last round. But I just, when I think about Wentworth, I think that, the accuracy is rewarded, like setting up all the opportunities for birdie looks. He's the 10th most accurate driver on the PGA Tour last year, top 15 in strokes gain approach, top 30 in tees of green overall, and he's not a big hitter. So to be in those kind of areas as a player like that, I think is brilliant. I think he's travelled extremely well so far in his young career. He's only, what, 21, and he's already won Japan, Korea, PGA Tour. Next obvious step is for him to win over here. So... I do think Wentworth is a good golf course for him. I think it's a great course fit. I look at some of the players, like it's a pretty lazy comparison, but I don't think, obviously, Benny Ann's a little bit longer, but I think the iron play and, and what he does as, as a you know a Korean golfer is really good. So I think Tom Kim can emulate that. And as I say, the main thing is that he hasn't got the distractions the others have, and he's he's a little bit fitter after that little struggle. So to me, Tom Kim at 25 to one is, is decent enough for me because I think he's that sort of price in a PJ Tour field, which doesn't have the same or this doesn't have the same depth as those that you would have won before. I love Tom Kim. Mm. I've got no problems with Tom Kim at all. He just for some reason that I can't give you, um, he just didn't jump out at me at all. Yeah, um, That's that. but not not I'm not saying he's the wrong price. No, no. I just fancied others uh, more. 
Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Like I think when you look at Wentworth, like I think I think the thing is like in my back of my head, I was that about Billy Horschel. Like when he like so when he finished fourth on debut, I was like, I don't really see Billy Horschel doing that great here, and then he goes fourth to win at this golf course, and I just think Tom Kim could do something similar. So that's that's kind of a rationale there. Brad's then gone with Justin Rose to back up the Tom Kim pick. Um, as I've said to you guys in the message, I can't keep back backing Justin Rose, otherwise someone will think I'm a long lost cousin or something. But um, I do get it. I mean, he's a guy that's you know a clear veteran. I think with Rose, he will want to prove himself form wise going into the Ryder Cup to make sure he does play. Uh, plenty he's been second, sixth, eighth, tenth, and twelfth here in the past, so he's got it. He knows how to get around Wentworth. Uh, he's done it a few times now. Should someone of his caliber with that many attempts around here have won at some point, potentially, but. You know, he's come nicely close, finishing second, so not got too many problems with that. Jace, obviously you've not got another pick now until we get down to the kind of top 10s and top 20s, but kind of in this 40, 50, 60, 61 range even, is there anyone that really caught your eye that you've, you've thought about? There's a lot of love for Moronk, which I, I'm not up for. I think Aaron yeah. Rye, this is the Aaron Rye, definitely, I mean, whenever you talk about... Um, um, tree line courses that demand accuracy. You're always going to look at Aaron Rye. I think he disappointed a few people last week. I don't think it was that bad a run, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, he's got enough. He's got enough goes around. He hasn't set it alight, to be honest with you. Um, and his patterns, unfortunately, but well, I think we thought that it was coming back over in the states, and now it's like looks like it's gone again. Um, it's probably going to hinder him. Um, but he's one that that. Jordan Smith, but well, I was really tempted to go for again after last week. Um, again, fantastic um, course, or should be a fantastic course for him. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we know what he wants. And, and at the end of the day, you know, was it that bad? I, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, Rory did the same thing, didn't he? Well, that's the thing. Um, Rory, Rory Horschel, all of them did the same thing. Nimbley, like, they all struggled. Yeah, the only issue is that um, you know, he was finding fairways and his, his irons were completely off. And if you're off round here and he carries that with him this week, then you know, but I just thought that, that he was shoved out. I know it's obviously you've got um, Victor Hovland and John Rahm here. Um, yeah. I just thought he was put out maybe a little bit longer. But no, you you can you can pick those Juice Loutons playing very, very well. Um, you know, Bob McIntyre. You, I think you can make a case for an awful lot of people. Yeah. Um, the Guido thing I get in terms of tree line um he's showing form but there's this there literally is if you take away um maybe 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 in the top three to be honest with you then i think you've got a case for an awful lot of the, the that group that you've mentioned um and a lot of people that were fancied over the last two weeks um that, that i don't see why you can't back him again to be honest you know matt wallace has has drifted out um, Alex Fitz played really, really well at Crans. He'll be here. You've got Rasmus, multiple winner on the tour. Um, brothers made the squad. He obviously hasn't. He's out to one, two, five. It's, it's really, you know, I think there's cases for all of them, and, and I think there's cases for half a dozen triple figure uh, players as well. But hmm, it, I, it does depend if the top. You know, any of the top lot turn up in peak form because they it, really... it, Yeah, I mean, look, if, if Rory or Hovland. Maybe Ram, I guess. All three of them. Like, if any one of those turns up, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, but we said that about Rory at the Irish Open last week, and then what happened happened. So um, I actually think 
it's harder to kind of get through the four rounds here than it may have been at the Irish Open last week, and they certainly made that look tough. So, um, look, I've, I've gone with Nikolai Hoygaard. I, I think, for me, the way he played with the pressure of... I mean, I think, looking back at it, he probably potentially knew he was on the team. Um, listening to what Luke Donald said, basically saying that he was one of the form players in the world at the time... I thought that was a bit kind, but then when you look at it, 21st at the Rocket Mortgage, it was 11th after 54, 6th at the Scottish in a very good field, 23rd at the Open Championship, where he was 11th going into the final round, 14th uh, at the Wyndham, where he was um, better placed at the halfway stage as well. And then the two weeks where he really has to make the make the impression he's third and fifth. And to me, all of that, coupled with the fact that he's now on the team, hasn't got that pressure to to really prove himself. And the fact that he was 20th here on debut and 10th after 36 holes. I just can't find a reason to be against Nikolai Hoygaard. I know that he's now 40 to 1 versus his brother being 125, and that's always kind of the comparison, I guess. But yeah, I just love it. And the fact that he was 20th here the week after winning at Marco Simone in 2021 really impressed me. Um, yeah, it's just flying right now, in good form, full of confidence, full of beans, probably wants to prove that he can play two or three matches at the Ryder Cup. So Nikolai Hoygaard for me at 40 to 1 uh, lights the price. Like you, I, I did look at Aaron Rye. I, I think he would potentially, I've got him down here as a maybe. Spoke to Sky about him yesterday. He was really keen on him. And and I do get it I, just from a pure how good he's been on the, the PJ Tour for a decent period of time. He's impressive, and he was second in both approach and tee screen last week, uh, which is huge. It's just, I look at Aaron Ryan and just wonder, is he going to win? Like, I, I still have that bugbear about him, but he's played here four times now. He knows what it's all about. He's been 26th and 14th. He's played five times, actually. So he's got he's got the real experience that he does need. It's just, I can see it being another 12th, 14th place finish rather than a win. So I come down to 100 to 1, Jace, for my next pick. And it's Connor Syme, who I just yeah. I just think is is playing too well to ignore now. Like I was looking at Joost Lauten based on his approach figures, based on his plentiful experience at Wentworth, but he's played here 10, 12 times and never really contended. And I know Syme's only played it once and basically just made the cut last year and that was it. But... It was only three rounds. He'd made the cut. He was like 40 or something after the second round. Who knows? He could have gone and shot a 64-65 on Sunday, finished inside the top 20, and suddenly everyone's backing him this week. You just don't know what that final round would have brought, and I'm willing to bet that he can go and have a, a decent start this week. He's been fourth, first, and fourth in the last three weeks in strokes going approach, fourth, second, and sixth in tee to green. Um, and then that's led to finishes of fourth, third, and seventh. So... Everything suggests that Connor Syme should play well here. Does that always work out when you're backing Connor Syme? No, but he's 100 to 1 as opposed to the 33 to 1 he would be in any sort of other run of the mill DP World Tour event. So I'm willing to chance Connor Syme to step up in a, in a big field. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't mind that at all. I, I think, like I said, I think there's cases for many of them mm. um, at the bigger prices. And yeah, I agree. I, I think. Um, yeah, I agree. That's it. That's Let give us your three that you're kind of looking at from a top ten, top twenty perspective. Thinking that you're sort of just going to go alone, but it with Fleetwood at the top in terms of winning. I'm going to go Fleetwood alone at the top, and I'm going to back these three for top twenty and top ten. Uh, if any one of them top twenty is only make a profit, so that's that's all right. 
Uh, first is Ewan Ferguson, who I think is only 51 in the win market. And yes, yes. round about 11 to 2 for um, a top 20. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I apologise. I'm a huge fan of Ewan Ferguson. Um, and I'll also admit that he's doing bugger all. I mean, <laughs> last year he came into this event in flying form um, and he even had uh, Dodo, Bjorn, Luke Donald all talking about him. Um, whether that put pressure on him to perform, I don't know. Um, but he was certainly being looked at in in a similar vein to um, the youngsters that would be, you know, the, the uh, inexperienced rookies that were being looked at this year. Um, obviously, that's gone slightly awry this year. He hasn't kicked on. But when you look back, that he should have won at Kenya for his maiden win. He did win at Qatar. Um, and then he should have won at Himalayan. <coughs> um, there are correlations there if you if you want to find them. And yeah. I just need to see something from him. He's, he's totally inconsistent this year. See it yourself. He started the year very good. Top fours, back to back in South Africa. He was fine. He was uh, top 10 in KLM. That's fine as well, the Dutch. And, and he's the fourth at um, uh, Belfry, which I like as well. Um, 12 at Scottish Open. Absolutely brilliant. And then it all starts going wrong again. It's all been very, very much of a mix. What caught my eye though was he was first in driving actually last week um, at uh, Cake Club on what looked a really, really difficult driving track. Mm. I think it was was it eight or uh, seventeen where none of them could actually avoid hitting going right for some reason. They just couldn't avoid going right into the trees. Mm. But he led that driving actually, which I caught my eye. Then you look, he was fifth in Greens Reg. He was top ten for Greens and Reg uh, in Ireland as well. Um, you know, and he could take that into the new figures as well. 11th in approach in Ireland, 22nd to Green, 21st approach, sorry, um, that was at Dalgorn, um, yeah. 21st at uh, K Club last week, 8th to Green. I think it's coming together. Now, you look at the putting figures and it's the, the ones that stand out are horrendous, um, but it's not your first. We've seen him um, perform really, really well um, for his short game at both Qatar and Himalayan um, last year. So I'm, I'm tempted to think that because he was finding so many greens, that minus six figure for putting is slightly skewed. I'm not saying it should be, you know, a plus figure. Yeah. But I'm just, as we always say, it's always in context of what everybody else is doing. Um, so he was tidy enough, um, and he's got he's got enough there. You know, he's 15th, third, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the season for that that remark. So it's just something about folks, and I've always liked him. Um, I like him around tree line courses. Um, I'm not exactly sure what's wrong. I've tried to look into it. I don't think there is anything particularly. It's all in his head, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and there we are, you know. Um, I'll put him up at, oh, I will be putting him up at that sort of price. Um, you want the other two very quickly? Yep. Um, I think uh, Hurley Long makes uh, an awful lot of sense to me after last week. I mean, you may be jump. Uh, sometimes you're jumping on, on a bandwagon, if you like, or jumping on just recent form. But he actually said after his third round um, in the four weeks off, he practiced to find something. He, he said he found some keys. Uh, he realizes that um, these guys, to quote him, these guys are too good to be mediocre. So he realizes that you can't just do that. Um, I thought he was impressive last week, to be honest. Um, and, and there was a, I mean, some of the commentary last week was just <laughs> horrendous. I mean, not only did they give the tournament to, back to Rory, and radars getting worse and worse, but basically give they give the tournament to Eckelroy, and then a minute later changed it. Everything started going wrong. Um, 
McGinley said, you know, this isn't a fluke or something by Hurley Long. And you don't have to look back that far. I mean, 2022, you got numerous top tens. Mallorca, Portugal, um, obviously went back-to-back, fourth and seventh at the uh, Barracuda and the uh, Barbasol. So, yeah. He's got six at the Belfry. He's got second at Kenya, third at Raz. I mean, he's only had one major, and he was 41st at the Open, which isn't a horrendous debut. Um, and I was actually really taken with him. I mean, he's been on the radar of a lot of people for a long time um, after, you know, a decent uh, junior career. Um, got the Pebble Beach course record, I think, as well, um, 61, uh, which is the lowest competitive round ever played around there, I think, competition-wise. Uh, Texas Tech, so this wind, sort of, I think the rain's coming over the weekend. Um, wind and rain won't matter. And I was just taken. I think, why won't he kick on from, from what happened last week? Uh, made his debut last year, 69, first round. Uh, missed the cut by two in the end, but that's fine. It shows he can play the track. 300 to one, I think he is outright. And uh, round about uh, seven, eight to one for a top 20. Yeah. So I'm quite happy yeah. to have that. Sorry, Paul. It, 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 like, people will be thinking like you know he's had one good week and we're going to jump on but it's key what you said there that he he says that he's gone back from the four weeks off and found something and and if that is the case and it's not just him trying to kind of trick himself which as we said we don't try and second guess eight top tens in 2022 like you listed off most of them there but eight in a year for someone that's pretty inexperienced is is tremendous and if that's his upside then there's no real reason why riding the form that he rode uh, from last week he couldn't come straight in. If we were up, if you were saying you're going to back Hurley Long based on the record previous to that, because he was 300 to one, I'd say, well, there's nothing really to it. But we are backing someone to finish second last week, so um, well, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we see him, don't we? And I, I understand the top of the field is is a million leagues above yeah. what Hurley Long's done at the moment. But you know, sometimes you see it and you go, okay, they're down 66, 70, whatever it is, yeah. And I just thought, for me, I mean, if it'd been that price, I wouldn't have touched it. I think three, like you say, three hundred to one. Somebody that's found something, coming off playing final round with Rory McIlroy, beating Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Um, okay, that's down to McIlroy. Fair enough. I mean, the, the win that he did have on the Challenge Tour, um, <coughs> which is the Italian Challenge, I think it was. Yeah. He beat uh, Marcel Schneider. Schneider's got form at KLM, Austria, Sudan, Morocco. He's got form at the right places. And I, I look, I th- yeah, maybe I will have a look at two hundred, three hundred to one, but. I just think a top 20 for a man in flying form. When when you take, you know, those those top lot away, we've made cases for every, plenty of people on three figures. So, one. Yeah. Like it. And then find a one for you in the top 20? Well, just Fabio's Zanotti, just because it's Fabio Zanotti. And, um, you know, that's what he does. He just finds things, isn't he? He just finds greens and he finds... That's it. He goes Tita Green, he finds greens. And then you just yeah. keep it. He's got so many as well. He's got... Uh, where are we? Sorry, Tom. One, two, three, four, five. He's got five top 20 finishes here. And he's also got 24th twice. Um, it's Fabrizio Zanotti. He's, you know, Eduardo Molinari. That's it. You know, they, they don't win. Um, I do I do think he, that he, he got worse when he got rid of his half black, half white. Was it, was it him or was it? Was it Felipe Aguilar? Oh, it might have been Aguilar, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the reason it's there. He's got plenty of top twenty form here, and he's he's continuing to bang in greens in reg. And if conditions get a bit tight, like they did last week, I mean, okay, sort of fading away uh, into seventieth. But um, yeah, you know, you have the twenty fourth at Crans, put the form here. 
it's it's you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a point at T green and point of approaches really, but our accuracy thing. Um, but we've seen it, like you said before, you know, people in these sort of tournaments when it gets a bit tight, they sort of finish at full tenth. You've got all the front lot coming up, coming home the last five six groups, and they end up finishing ninth because you know the pressure gets to people. I just thought eleven to two. If you can get eleven to two, eleven to two, and eight to one, give or take, all them three finish top twenty. I'm happy. I'm happy that one of them will do it. Yeah. Looking at Zanotti, 21st miscut, 24th miscut, 24th, 16th, miscut, 7th, miscut, 15th, miscut, 62nd, 20th, 13th. Basically, he's either going to miss the cut here or finish inside the top 25. And then you're only asking for a couple of shots on Sunday to get you in that top 20. So um, the fact that he's kind of flashed back into a bit of form with the 4th and the 24th going into last week and, yeah, sure, he sort of abandoned what was looking like a decent start, um, 26th at the halfway stage, 13th after round one. But some people, I think Wentworth is one of those courses where it's very hard for the top people to continue first, second, third, fourth, fifth every year. But there are some people that turn up here and finish top 25, you know, back to back because they just know how to be patient around here. And, and Zanotti's one of them. He knows what he is as a player, doesn't try and force it. And, and gets himself a decent paycheck most years at Wentworth. So um, something to be said for that. Uh, Brad's final selection, similar sort of ranges, 175 to one outright, Sammy Valamaki, uh, which I, I do see the reasoning for. Obviously, 23rd last week, fourth, uh, three weeks ago to check Masters. He was the 54-hole leader there. It's weird, Valamaki. He's not really kicked on as much as I thought he would, but by the same token, he's made sort of, five or six of his last seven cuts so maybe like he's coming back into a little bit of form he, he was massively fist pumping wasn't he at the open championship he made the cut that week um so maybe the same with the, the the finish flash as they call him uh at the moment um my final selection and you can probably put this in as a top 20 as much as much as an outright as well but for me someone that's finished inside the top 10 in two of his last four starts one of them being um, at the Barbasol Championship on the PJ Tour and then two weeks ago at Crans with opening round 63, closing round 65. Masahiro Karamura plays uh, Wentworth incredibly well. Talk about people that you know can just piece together top 20s. He missed the cut in his debut way back when. Didn't play it again for another five years. In the last three years here, 20th, 17th and 18th uh, on his, let's, let's call it his second debut here because he obviously had played before, but he was 10th after 54 holes, finished 20th. When he was 17th, he was 4th after round 1, 8th after round 2, he finished 17th. And then last year, he was 18th after being 11th after round 2. And I wonder what he'd have done again with that extra round. So, to me, Karamora, with those two spike results, someone that you've kind of brought up in the podcast a couple of times recently, Jace, with, with bigger prices at 100 to 1 and whatever in, in smaller fields, I think that bank of form, the 300 has gone down to 250 now for eight places. But... I think there's plenty of chance to, that Cowmore can kick on and get into those each way places at 250. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First caught the eye of Valdrama. That, that makes perfect sense. Fine. Absolutely. Showed up at Crans. Yeah. Why not? And he's on a, he's on a run of miscut. Top 10, miscut, top 10, miscut. So yeah. So he's top 10, surely. Because uh, life works like that. Exactly. It? Hopefully. For, hopefully Caramora thinks that. Yeah, well. I agree. I agree. I, I, I do genuinely think, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of picking beginner but I do I do think that you can make a, a genuine each way top 20 case for an awful lot of these three figure prices. Well, I, think, I think all of them have got kind of let's not say 100 points because that might be a bit of an exaggeration but 
almost right, 100 points on top of what they normally would be in some of these players. Um, and their chances of placing are not that much worse. It's not like the top eight in the betting are going to take the top eight places up. Like that just doesn't happen like that. So you've got to you've got to start rationalising. Well, will like Fitzhovland, and Rory and Rahm all contend? If you think that, then you might not be looking too far down. But I think, and I think a lot of people think that not all three of them are going to be here. I think John Rahm's potentially the the riskiest of the three at the moment. That probably means he's going to win. But like he just he looks a little bit out of sorts. Um, Rory, we've seen what happens on Sunday, and and Victor is going for three wins in a row. So if you think those people can get beat, then I suggest looking further down the market as we have here. But without have further ado, oh, I mean I know I know we're very short of time. Callum Hill playing, sorry, he is. He is. Yeah, Callum Hill is two hundred to one, eight places. So again, again, I mean I think you can make a case for him. Sixty-seven second round last year. I know he missed the cut. Yeah. Um, plays really, really well when he's at home. Um, anyway, there we are. So, so yes, Calamillion. I mean, uh, it's just, I just think it's it's very, very biased towards the top, understandably, but maybe too too much. So. Callum, Callum Hill double bogeyed the par five last last week uh, and was two shots outside the top 12. So, you know, 23rd is about as bad as he could have done last week as well, which is which is always quite promising going in. Um I will give a little bit of a shout to Shabanka Sharma. Like he was actually pretty impressive. Obviously, he raced out to that big lead, didn't he, over the first 36 holes. Didn't necessarily completely eject. And then when you look at his course form, he was third after 54 holes on debut and then shot a 76 to finish 17th. Come back a year later, finished 48th. Two years ago, finishes ninth. And just, just the regularity that he's kind of broken 70 is really impressive. Uh, 67, 66 on his debut. Uh, and then two years ago, 69, 68, 66. Like that's hard going around the Wentworth. And then even last year when he missed a cut, second round 68. So I think I like seeing someone that consistently goes below 70 at Wentworth. But lots of names there, lots to digest. Pick out what you like, um, and we'll summarise our final picks at the end. Over to the Forcenet Championship. Uh, we're going to Napa in California. Uh, Silverado Golf Course. Seen it a bunch of times now. Know what's to be expected. I was surprised how much strokes going off the tee kind of correlates to success here. And that potentially is more to do with accuracy rather than distance, but it's still a factor. Uh, Max Homer going for three in a row, 15 to two. Sahith Vergala, 16 to one. Justin Thomas, 16 to one. Cam Davis, 22 to one. Stephen Yeager and Bo Hostler, 25 to one. Uh, Jason, kick us off with your first selection, which is Cam Davis at 22 to one. Uh, yeah, I popped Davis up for this last year. Um after <coughs> trending really well. And, and to be honest with you, I've got the wrong sheet up. But if you can't talk in, I'll have the right sheet up. In a <laughs> well, look, um, well, I'm not sure you're looking for that, because if you're looking for Cam Davis, I'll go to Brad, who has put up Sahith Vergala at 16 to 1. And oh. I, I get it. I get why you'd put him up. I can't do it at 16s. But he was 14th here on his debut, which I think was actually potentially his uh, professional debut, being a California um player and then finished 47th in his second start here 26th after three rounds and then last year he was sixth then you look at the fact that he, after a run of really poor missed cuts the Fagala kind of out of nowhere he then finished 13th and 15th in his two playoff events so I do get the Fagala, but I think we've been asked to take 16 to 1 because of the weak field rather than because of his chances yeah right okay I've got Cam Davis now cool Cam Davis <laughs> so yeah last year oh, he won the Rocket Mortgage uh, from Troy Merritt, who's got really good form here, believe it or not, yeah. 4th, 15th and 16th. 
Uh, Arbor Town links in absolutely beautifully with some of the previous winners, Stuart Link, uh, uh, Tway, and uh, Emiliano Grio. Um, who actually had a lump on to be top charge in Tinian here last year. Pissed up. <laughs> but anyway, about the last winner I backed, I think. Um, so brilliant. You know, Harbour Town, um, he was third next to Larian Stracker, just behind Jordan and Kentley. Seventh at Schwab, eighth at John Deere, ninth, sixth at Barracuda, which links in a couple of other players um, earlier on, uh, sorry, later on, um, and made the BMW as well. Um, hasn't gone anywhere. 2023, he's now... Um, pretty assured of his, uh, of his card and his, his position in some of the better events next year. Because if people haven't read it, this is like a, a new bit of the tour, isn't it? It's not going from September to September. This, these seven tournaments allow those that were not in the top 70 to get into the top one, two, five, to assure them of playing rights and possibly get into, anyway, it goes on. It's all nonsense, isn't it, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's really bizarre that they just shove one tournament in between the end of the year and the Ryder Cup that I find absolutely strange. But anyway, 2023, Cam Davis, um, six of the players, again, links in fantastically with um, Homer, who's won here twice. Um, people like uh, Brent Steele, who's won here twice. So that links in beautifully. Seventh at the Heritage again. Fourth at the PGA, which again links in with a couple of the players. Um, I know they're different courses all the time, but it doesn't matter. Homer's had some great, uh, had a great effort there. Um, Cameron Champ, who basically said you just have to bomb it around here and he'll just pick it up and, and fly with his second shot. He was 10th at the PGA, uh, uh, Tway and Steel. I've also got PGA form or whatever format it comes. Top 10 at 3M, 7th at the Wyndham, 6th at St Jude. Um, so he made the final stage. He's got to the BMW, obviously. He's improving. He hasn't got anything to worry about at all. He's got no target. All he's got to do is come here, earn some OWGR points. Um, earn a few quid, start up at the, um, uh, what's it called, on the uh, FedEx Cup uh, yeah. well enough. Top 10, top 12 in terms of approaches in, in better fields. So that should be manageable around here. Um, course form isn't fantastic, but the pick of it's not bad. Plenty of sort of 68, 67 around here as well. Um, California form, which is uh, put up uh, quite a lot around here. He's uh, got a third in the uh, no, isn't. Um, he has uh, six at the Barracuda and then like you see, it's the, the MX, etc. etc. Uh, plays well here, is in form. Won't mind wind if we get any. I, I like Cam Davis, I think he links in with a lot of people. And looking at the top lot, I wanted to be with Sahifi Garlo because I think he's a player to follow for the next hundred years, but I can't at the price. And uh, I've gone for Cam Davis. Yep. No, fair enough. I I just thought pricing for me. It just I wait for Cam Davis to be in a bigger field again. Um, doesn't seem to pay off as a strategy for me, so maybe I should abandon it. But if I abandon it, it'll probably be not to back Davis at all. So um, can can certainly see the the kind of thought process behind it as I can with Brad with Figala. So we've got Figala and Davis between you and Brad, and then Brad's added in Bo Hostler, who is a California. Um, he was born there. I don't know if he still resides there. I think he's more of a Texas person these days. But um, he's got 23rd and 16th and 25th his last three years here. When he was 16th, he was third after 54 holes. He's got the Pebble Beach form. He's got Tory Pines form. So he's played well um, in those. I think he's played well at Riviera as well, top 15 there. Barracuda, he was sixth this year. So completely see the, the Bo Hoster thing. Again, I was just very price sensitive this week on those players. So I start 
um, with Brendan Todd, who I just think doesn't particularly live beyond these players. I think I think he's slightly overpriced in the market, which seems weird at 33 to one for Brendan Todd. But 26th on debut, then misses a cut on his second start, comes back 22nd two years ago, ninth last year. Hasn't been in contention here, which would be the one thing I would be slightly concerned about. But his finish to the PGA Tour regular season was good for me. He was sixth after two rounds at Canadian Open, finished 34th. He was in the top 20 after 36th at Rocket Mortgage, which is not really a great course for him, finished 56th. Then he's the 54 holder leader at John Deere, finishes second. 49th for the Open Championship, tough golf course for him. Third at the halfway mark at the Wyndham, finishes seventh. So everything that you'd expect Brendan Todd to do, he's been doing, and I think that will lead into another good result here for Brendan Todd. And of these top lot, I thought he had the biggest amount of win equity versus the price. So he was number one for me. Um, next up, Jace, Akshay Batia, who I think at 45 to 1, 40 to 1, maybe for, for slightly more places, if you can get it. I think he's the one that I haven't originally added that I think I'll be joining you on. Yeah, he's uh, been well put up and he's still that price, which I'm yeah. quite surprised about. Uh, really good junior, obviously, California um, upbringing, uh, extremely progressive last year. Uh, if you go back in 2018, he was running up at the uh, US Amateur to Thor Bjornsson, who Matt obviously thinks is like, you know, the next coming, which he may well be. Hmm. Plenty of time. Um but yeah, Batch is doing everything that you want, really. He's got the driving distance that you spoke about, that Cameron Chuck spoke about. Um, you know, Stuart Sink's not short, Max Homer's not short. Um, so the off the tee figures are there, Tita Green's there, he's got his Wells Fargo. Um, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Uh, Wells Fargo at 69, 69 in the middle. I know he had finished outside the top 40, but you know, it does link him in in some way. Um, that fourth at Mexico. Uh, the week before the Wells Fargo uh, was behind uh, Tony Finau, John Rahm. You've got Grio and Rogers in 10th. They link in um, with this as well as the Barbasol. Um, can't understand a word I've said. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand this now. Right. Uh, uh, ended up with special temporary membership uh, after finishing second at Puerto Rico and then got his card beating Patrick Rogers at the Barracuda, which is something that does fit in with um, another one of my selections. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I think he's he's uh, recently got married, so in that quite strange um, situation with his girlfriend, which is a fantastic story. To be fair, um, mm. I hope they're very very happy. I think he's great. But I mean, last year we watched him. He was as green as grass, even though he won. Um, very very unsure. I thought but a lot of times when he was on his short game. Um, He's obviously settled down in life a bit bit more, and this is just naively jumped in, as some of us do um, <laughs> from certain times. Um, I, I like him. I, I, I think he's one of the ones that you have to watch simply because I think he's got so much improvement. Um, I don't think he's reached the, the sort of heights that he can. You know, the old, where's his ceiling? I don't think we're anywhere near it, to be honest with you. No. Um, and I can't read the rest of uh, what I've written. Oh, yeah, there we are. Barbasol, uh, last year he came through, 24, 14th, 23rd and 9th. Then obviously won the Barracuda the time after. Ninth um, here last year, absolutely brilliant. Only that 72, um, knocked him back a little bit. I, I just think he is potentially so much better than what he's showing. As soon as he fills out a little bit, it sounds a bit bizarre, but he, you, know, <laughs> you know, 
he does look like he's going to get blown over, doesn't he? He is a tweak. A bit of wind, which is bizarre given his, his upbringing. Um, yeah, I, I like Betty. I think Petia, um I, I thought he'd shorten up. I think there's too many people on it, but I still think sometimes if they've, you know, they've, they've shortened up by the time we do this or by the time you write where we've gone right and you have to say no, but I, I think he's got genuine chances at the price. Yeah, that, that ninth you referenced was actually in 2020, so he's not played here for oh, two apologies, years, yes, which, was, yes. which to me is a, is a massive positive because he was ninth three years ago and he was, he's as you said, he's green now, but imagine what he was then when he was probably a 17, 18-year-old. I think that's when he really come on people's radars. We I think we mentioned him a couple of times, him and Fagala, as people that were going to come on and, and take it by storm and and Batia is obviously a little bit behind Thigala, but I don't think too much. And obviously he's got the win that Thigala hasn't, albeit in the Barracuda, which I think is important, being a California event, and it's shown up over the years. And and I just think you talk about ceilings, but I think that the problem with Batia has not been what is his ceiling and, and how good can he be. It's been changing his floor in the sense of, like, can he avoid missing the cuts when he just hasn't quite got it? And I think he's showing a little bit of that. He's shown a bit of maturity. Like he got through the Canadian Open Cup, um, didn't do an awful lot. He did miss the cut of the Rocket Mortgage, but that's fine. Bit of a weird event. Then finishes 35th at the John Deere, 9th at the Barbasol, 1st at the Barracuda. Okay, he then misses the cut at the Wyndham, but not by a lot. And considering the fact that he just won, I'm, I'm pretty fine with that. He's had a few weeks to digest it. He's coming back to California. Finished ninth here three years ago. I'm all over Akshay Batia with you. Uh, we agree again, which is which is interesting. I think basically when you look at these picks at the end of the, at the show, then we'll agree on an awful lot between the three of us. But cheers for Evie, Jace. I just I can't get away from him. I, like I, I tried, I tried to jump off of him. I tried to you know avoid going back to him multiple times just because he finished fourth for me at a big price at the Travelers, but he's been good he's been solid and everything about him is you know great I, I think the the where he is in the kind of strokes can approach and t to green he's second over the last 15 weeks and approach eighth in t to green just the absolute nuts in terms of ball striking relevant to this golf course and then uh this field sorry and then you look at the fact that he made his first eight cuts this golf course before missing the cut last year uh, 53rd on debut, nothing to write home about. Then he improved massively, finished 17th, 22nd where he was 10th after 54 holes, 13th where he was 8th after 36 holes, 33rd, then 33rd again the following year, but he was 5th after 54 holes, finishes 3rd three years ago, then 28th after being the first round leader two years ago, then finally misses a cut. He's probably one of the safest picks, I think, on the board to get you through the cut, to contend. Ball striking backs it up, experience backs it up, lights playing well in California. We know that that kind of that efforts in California have been the kind of thing he's obviously won the Barracuda. Um, was it last year, the year before? Um, and then you just look about the fact that, you know, he's been second in the Pebble Beach program and third in the US Open at Pebble Beach as well. California's clearly something for him. So I'm all over Ches really again at, at 50 to 1. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, exactly, you know, in recent history, he's only missed the cut um, once which last year, and that was on the number anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's it's bang on his type of track. Um, yeah, I mean, you you worry slightly about his um, driving distance, which you don't think will matter here, but Seems he may to. well do. 
Yeah. May, yeah, may well do. But yeah, I agree. Third at US Open, California's uh, two top tens at Riviera, which obviously bringing Homer as well as other people. Barry Cuda links him up with um, actually Batia. If, um, if actually, actually, either go well or rubbish. Um, Pebble Beach, yeah, I agree. I agree. His approaches are there. If he finds a fair way, he can keep banging it in, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah why not? I completely agree. Um, Sam Ryder, next up for me and Brad is Brad's final selection. My third, uh, fourth, actually, Todd, Reeve, Batia and Ryder. Um, but I just think he was really eye-catching last year, several occasions. And I think he's, I looked at it and a lot of people have kind of been experienced winners before winning here. But I think he's the one that, like Emiliano Grillo and like Kevin Sway, can break through at this event. Two of Ryder's top 12 finishes on the OWGR come at Torrey Pines, where he's been fourth and tenth. You add that to his fourth place finish here back in 2018. You look at the fact he's been eighth in strokes gain approach and 28th in tees green in the last 15 weeks. Um, he's improved his strokes gain off the tee in his last uh, three starts, which has been a problem for him. Four top eight finishes this oh, this past season, we'll call it now, um, meant he finished 61st in the FedEx Cup, which it doesn't scream he's going to win anytime soon, but it does show a massive improvement on what he's been in the past. I think this is somewhere Sam Ryden can, can break through. It looks like it's going to be uh, in California, and it looks like it could be when he's in the form that he's in. So Sam Ryder was the next selection for me there. Not too much else to add. Final selection, Jace, and I'm going to chuck this one in as well. I'm going to get myself up to five for the Fortinet, which was uh, maybe a little bit of a stretch, but it is what it is. Eric Van Royen at 100 to 1. So keen to hear your thoughts, and then I'll add anything on at the end. Are you really? Um, <laughs> I, I just I, I wanted somebody that's, to be honest with you, that's in form and, and you can't know what he's doing. You know, eight at Crowns, um, which might actually be pretty good yep. correlation to here if we consider the, the, you know, the accuracy element. Um, yep. the, the thing is, he can also actually bomb it as well, which gives us both, which will be nice off the tee. Um, 16th last week, caught the eye. Um, last week doing what he did. Irons are well, 18th and 13th, absolutely fantastic at the moment. Um, obviously, he goes back to uh, California. I mean, there's only one one guy here, which was 2020, which again, you pointed out to me um, about Akshay. Um, 2020 was a weird year, we know it was. Don't know yep. what's happening. It was only 17, 71, so he's not missed the cut by a mile. He's got the six at the Barracuda, which is uh, on his defence, sorry, two years after his defence. Um, at the 2021, yeah. uh, when he finished with 66, 65. I don't know why I've got three Barracuda winners um, in my four <laughs> selections. It's a bit weird. Um, well, there you go. Hopefully it pays I'm off. Hoping there's something. Oh, maybe I need to look more into this because I did do that on purpose. Um, anyway, he's got Memorial Riviera, which again links into the likes of Homer um, and Tway. Uh, works for me. Hits it a mile. Um, Bit like Cameron Champ, I think he might be hitting it and playing out the rough, but we'll see what happens. Um, <coughs> yeah, like you say, three figures in form, likes California. Um, it's got a bit of work to do, I think, to keep his card after a pretty shocking um, middle of last year. I didn't look into it, but it, it was it was particularly shocking. But yeah, he looks back in form, having come having come back off uh, seventy three sixty seven, which wasn't bad at the Wyndham. Um, yeah, I'm cool with varying at the, at the prices. Just don't need to watch his trousers. Yeah, don't watch his trousers. Definitely not. But I, I was talking to Matt about Van Royen yesterday on a DraftKings show. I said, oh, maybe my concern would be is how good is he in, um, you know, California based on the fact he was on this like, Minnesota guy. And then 
when I looked at it, obviously he'd won the Barracuda, like you said, 2021, finished sixth there um, in his title defence, then comes back to the Amex in 2023 and finishes sixth, another California event. I think he's got a decent finish potentially at Riviera as well Some at some point. Like, he's just he's just solid in California, and, it, and it's really impressive to see. So, for me, someone that, that can keep playing well when he's in form, can stretch the form out. And I actually think some of the current form is, is being slightly overlooked because when he was 68th at the Scottish Open, he actually shot a second round 63. Then he was 6th in that Barracuda again, as we mentioned. 8th at um, Kranz, but he had... 66 66 and 65 that week and then last week steady eddie until the final round shoot 67 so you could potentially call last week a bit of a backdoor but who cares it's it's good enough for me for the fortinet championship so that's it i think that's it it's, it's pretty top heavy at the fortinet other than van royen but absolutely fine with that it's that type of event any closing comments jace or should we round up our picks no, just a bit, the bit about Ben Roy as well. We beat Putnam when he won the Barracuda. Putnam is 33 he won here, and he yeah. was very tempting this week. I just couldn't go there at the price. Yeah. I like uh, that sort of thing. I, I keep saying they're not horses, but I, I do like that sort of form one. Yeah, I like Putnam as well. So that's definitely an interesting tidbit there. Um, right, summarise our picks for Wentworth. So for me, I've gone with Tom Kim at 25 to 1, Nikolai Hoygaard at 40 to 1, Connor Simon at 100 to 1, and Masahiro at 250. Masahiro Karamura at 250 to 1, all eight places. Brad's gone with Tom Kim at 25 to 1, Justin Rose at 33 to 1, and Sammy Valamaki at 175 to 1 with the eight places. Jace, your picks for Wentworth? Uh, the only each way bet is, is quite heavy on Tommy Fleetwood. Um, 14, 16 would be great. Um, and then I'm just going for four of them now. Four yeah. very, very small each way, but mainly top 20s. Uh, Ewan Ferguson is around about 11 to 2. Um, uh, Fabrizio's are not easy, same sort of price. Callum Hill will be about the same sort of price. And Hurley Long is 8 to 1 after last week for a top 20, which is incredible. Any one of them that gets the top 20 makes a profit. So that do for me. Yep, absolutely. And over at the Fortinet, I've gone with Brendan Todd at 33 to 1, Akshay Batir at 40 to 1, uh, Sam Ryder 66 to 1, Eric Van Royen at 100 to 1. Brad's gone with Sahith Vergala at 16 to 1, Bo Hostler 25 to 1, Sam Ryder 66 to 1. Jace, your four selections for the Fortinet, please, mate. Uh, Cam Davis, Akshay Batia, um, Ches Reevy, and Eric Van Ruyen. Yep, absolutely. So there we go. We've got, I don't think I said Ches Reevy in mine, actually. So if I didn't say Ches Reevy, it is Ches Reevy as well. I've got five there Todd Reevy, Ryder, Batia, and Van Ruyen. Um, Jace, good show. Good two events that, you know, one flagship event, one pretty run of the mill before the Ryder Cup. Um, but that's what we're here for. Give us the picks and then we'll look forward to the Ryder Cup in a couple of weeks time. Yeah, let's hope it's 8.46. So Shannon's listening for um, a minute over. Sorry. <laughs> yes, she's definitely uh, definitely ready for our dinner at this point. But um, cool. Excellent. Jace, thank you very much as always. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon.